On today's show, we're going to get a head start a little bit about talking about attacking Alabama and what Ole Miss needs to do in this game. It is going to be an absolutely monstrous day on November 12th. Win or lose in Baton Rouge for Alabama, it's going to be huge. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. It's a bye week. We're relaxing. We're getting ready to enjoy a weekend of college football. Thank you very much for stopping by. I'm going to tell you right now how Ole Miss should probably look at attacking Alabama. It's never too early to start, I guess. We should get a head start on that today. Anyway, before I get started, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting below or hitting the upvote button. We'd appreciate that. Anyway, Alabama comes into Vaught-Hemingway Stadium on November 12th. This is not the same Alabama that people think of when they think of Alabama. Alabama is still very, very good. I'm not saying they're not. I'm simply saying they're not 2020. They're not 2019 Alabama. Those Alabamas were a little bit different. These are probably, I don't know, an offensive version of the 2015-2014 team. So this Alabama could still win the national title. They're still that good. They're still an elite team. They're still the most talented roster that Ole Miss is going to face. But there are deficiencies. And potentially the deficiency comes from the fact that they've gotten away from where they've made their money, essentially, on offense. They have an elite generational quarterback uh, that – I didn't think anybody would outdo Tua. I think Bryce has outdone Tua. It's amazing. Just boom, next next up. Um, but I don't think in the run game they were they are where they used to be. The thing that they could count on and the thing that traveled so much, there it is. I think in games against teams that are in the top 60 in the country and rushing, they're averaging like 3.7 yards a carry. Now, against teams that are bad, they break off explosives, pad those numbers and things like that. But that is offensive Alabama. The question becomes, how do you attack Alabama? Because to beat this Alabama team, you are going to have to score points. And there's two real keys in the pass game because we know Ole Miss is going to run the ball. Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins and even maybe Ulysses Bentley the um, fourth they are going to have major roles in this game. And Ole Miss is not going to give in with the run game. And we have told you in the past how Alabama is susceptible to option football. Alabama having to play their keys and Ole Miss running the ball in such a way that whatever you choose, you can't really be right, um, could open up some chunk plays um, for the Ole Miss Rebels. But I'm going to concentrate today on the pass game because I think Ole Miss is going to throw a little ball, throw the ball a little bit to beat Alabama. They'll have to. And if you look at the Tennessee game, if you look at the Texas game, 
they both did a good job of spreading the team out and forcing Alabama to separate the middle of the field. Now, we always talk about Henry Toa is an elite run stopper. He has a chance to have a really decent day against Ole Miss. He struggles in the pass game. And there are teams that take advantage of him from time to time. Florida last year took advantage of him. Tennessee this year took advantage of him. I think Texas took advantage of him a little bit. There's a lot of plays where you get a linebacker matched up on B. John Robinson. They ran wheels. They did certain things. What Texas did and what Tennessee did is going to dictate what Ole Miss does, especially in the pass game. Um, Tennessee ran for 180, 190 yards in that game. Ole Miss is not going to get away from the run game in this one. They're going to spread out the linebackers to make the box a little bit lighter. Ole Miss is not afraid to run against numbers. They are not an offense to where Alabama can put their cheetah package on the field and just turn them loose. They're going to have to personnel match up to what Ole Miss is doing. And you're going to see an Ole Miss team that realizes last year how close they were in Tuscaloosa. And everybody's like, Steve, that game was 42-21. to Yes, absolutely. But the game was won early on. Whenever a third and nine would happen and they'd complete a pass to Jonathan Mingo, Mingo just needs to fall forward after he catches the ball for first down. Alabama prevented that from happening. Alabama out-physicaled Ole Miss. And I think that is the lesson that is going to be taken um, from last year's game was the physicalness of the game. I don't know if Alabama is going to be there because of who is coming this week. I think this week is their big game it, mentally. And if they can get through that, they will excel a little bit, and then they'll just try and business as usual take care of Ole Miss because they realize what has happened in the past couple of years. So that physicalness, if Ole Miss comes really ready to play, especially in the run game, they have a chance to be really physical in that game, and that will help them on many fronts. If Henry Toa Toa and those linebackers are so worried about stopping the run, which they will be, and Alabama's good enough to stop Ole Miss's running attack. Understand that, what I'm saying. Alabama's the best team that Ole Miss has played, and it's not particularly close. They have talented players like A&M. They have good schemes defensively like LSU. It's going to be hard to victimize this unit. So whenever I talk about what Ole Miss needs to do, I'm talking about potential things they can do to victimize this unit, to take advantage of them, something that other teams have done in the past. Not a guaranteed thing that they can take advantage because Alabama has the players to cover up nearly every hole. Not every hole, nearly every hole. The way to beat Alabama, and we'll talk about this in the second segment, is throw the ball downfield so they can't squeeze you. That's the first step. That's what they want to do. They want to squeeze you. They want to move those safeties up from 12 yards to 11 yards to 10 yards to all of a sudden you've got all these players in these this really close quartered area and it makes the passing game harder. It makes the running game harder. Everything is there. So you have to back those um, defensive backs up. Alabama's been that way. When you play Alabama since... 2007, since Nick Saban got there, you have to back those defensive backs up. 
Now, used to when Kirby Smart was there, they were predominantly a two-man team. And running the quarterback was the secret to taking advantage of an Alabama defense. Which I think that's probably still the case. Jackson Dart's mobility is a weapon um, against Alabama. But his ability and his aggressiveness and willingness to take the deep ball is important. Now, this is one of those games that a turnover at the wrong time can really bite you. Everything we've worried about and everything people gnash their teeth about since August comes down to really this game. If Jackson Dart plays clean, Ole Miss has a chance to win this game, period. I think Ole Miss has a better backfield. Um, I think Alabama has a better quarterback, but the Gatorade National Player of the Year is suiting up on the other side. So if Jackson Dart has a Steven Garcia-type day, Ole Miss is going to win the game. Because the talent is there. Jonathan Mingo is a 225-pound wide receiver. Those are the type receivers that traditionally has given Alabama problems. Malik Heath is a big wide receiver. Now, you also have a question or two. And it'll be interesting to see how they do it. But will Michael Trigg make it back? The staff doesn't talk about injuries. You don't know. All you can do is guess. And Michael Trigg being back for Alabama would provide a weapon on the field that Ole Miss doesn't have at the moment. I can't say for sure that Michael Trigg is going to be back for Alabama. I think Arkansas might be a better target or Mississippi State or definitely the bowl game, but Alabama would kind of be pushing it. He's made really good plays when he's been in there. He hasn't been overly effective. And if you've heard Bill Flowers on our postcast, we talk about the lack of the use in the middle of the field. That has to change against Alabama. There can't be a donut-sized hole of not entering in the middle of the field. Jordan Watkins has to have a big day. Maybe this is the game Jalen Robinson appears. Maybe this is that game. Maybe this is the game that um, Kyron Heath shows up if Michael Trigg is unavailable. All I know is the middle of the field needs to be used. I think 20 personnel would be fantastic if you put Zach Evans and Quinshawn on the field at the same time. They can do some RPO tight end type stuff in the pass game. There's a lot of weapons they can do. You just have to convince them. It's like, hey, you're going to have to be a tight end this play. So understand what we're doing. Put the, We're putting this package in for you. We think you can do it. Um, now make it happen. Both are excellent receivers of the ball. Also, screen passes. Got to, make, got to slow down Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. Two really, really elite players. Those two players have a chance to end this game before it even starts. And Lane Kiffin is going to know that. So if you can slow them down with draws and screens and all of this stuff to allow you to be able to occasionally drop back or do your RPO stuff, you will, ha- you will build a couple of extra seconds. Again, all of these things are quite obvious. Alabama knows Ole Miss is going to try and do these things. Alabama is going to try and take away these things. That's the beauty of football. It's a situation to where you don't know 
exactly um, how to attack what's going on. So, I, I think everybody needs to realize that there's different ways to attack Alabama. This has been the blueprint that's been established this season. Ole Miss has the personnel to do it. That's the important thing. Ole Miss needs to play clean. They need to run the ball. North of 200, less than 250 yards will probably get it done. They need to work their RPO game, and they just need to be themselves. That's that's the important thing with this Alabama game. Just be yourself. Alabama, I do not think, is going to come into this game jazzed up. They're going to be jazzed this weekend. If they're not, they're going to get beat by LSU, which means Alabama is going to have a team that's beatable coming into Oxford as well. Either way, it's a game that Ole Miss can win, period. Anyway, if you thought about securing your home right now with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, um, Locked On Ole Miss listeners, you can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. This is why I love it. You know, in 2019, I had like major brain surgery. And like it was a 20 hour surgery, it's a big deal. So I'm a little bit forgetful in my older age now. And I mean, that's normal that happens, but then you add this on top of everything else. My short term memory is not good. So at least once a month, I forget the security system's on. Come into the house, the alarm goes off. We get a phone call immediately, it feels like. I give them the passcodes, like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm the worst customer ever. And they're like, yes, I'm, it's okay, Mr. Willis. They cut off everything they're doing. But they're monitoring, they're watching, they're keeping an eye on what's happening. And that is important um, because if they can do that for the worst customer in the history of customers and myself, they can do that for you. And if they can do that for just simply forgetting an alarm is set, they're also on the ball for intruders. So it will help you be safe. It's why Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World, Re- World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitor aging agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simple Safe, Simply Safe, to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get a priority police response. It's, it's pretty cool. So don't miss your chance to say big on the only home security system I recommend. It's 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash um, locked on college today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't don't wait. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Um, For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard to catch and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Hey, that's pretty cool. Um, also, John Garcia will be coming in the third segment, talking a little college football recruiting. And on Sunday, we'll also put that up as a standalone. You can catch that. He talks about Walker White um, and Isaiah Altry. Um, they have roles in the show today. So it was pretty cool. So Jackson Dart's day is coming. 
Everybody said, with Luke Altmaier, who is a very good quarterback, he was more than capable of running this offense, why did you recruit Jackson Dart? That is the question I most get um, about this Ole Miss football team because everybody knows Luke's the, the guy. The reason is this game. This is why Jackson Dart was recruited. Gatorade National Player of the Year was brought in for this game. Now, if you go back to the beginning of the season, and Jackson Dart did not have a good spring game, when he had been in Oxford for a month and just got into town. But he's gotten better and better and better during the season. To the point where against Texas A&M, he was pretty good. I mean, let's just be honest about it. He didn't throw for many yards, and he doesn't have to, but he was pretty good at quarterback. He made the passes he needed to make. He hit the passes. He did not get rattled by the crowd. Um, Everything was what you wanted from a road game with 120,000 people watching. Period. This is the game, though, that Jackson Dart was recruited for. His weapon, his skill set is perfect for traditionally how you take down the Alabama Crimson Tide. His wheels, his legs. I bet nobody really knew exactly what they had in the run game with Jackson Dart. His passing downfield, his mentality, that right there, those big receivers, winning one-on-ones, that is going to be so important. If you think about it, in 2014 and 2015, why did Ole Miss beat Alabama? Think about it. Why did Ole Miss beat Alabama in 2014 and 2015? They had wide receivers that could win the one-on-ones. And that was so much that it got the safeties concerned about the outside and helping And that opened up the middle of the field, the wheel route to Jalen Walton, things like that. And all of a sudden, it got a little easier for Bo Wallace. And everybody makes fun of good Bo and bad Bo. Well, good Bo showed up that day. And Oxford was able to take down the tide. And a lot of that was due to the fact that they realized they couldn't deal with Laquan Treadwell one-on-one. Now, the next year, With that fresh in their head, that caused them to try and defend Ole Miss a different way. And in doing so, Ole Miss put up, what, 45 points? Somewhere in the 48 points, somewhere in there. A ton of points on Alabama. They had fans going out in the third quarter. And that was because the defense had to be shifted and adjusted because they couldn't do what they always did. And Ole Miss used Laquan, Demoria Spring, or Stringfellow, Cody, Cody Core, Quincy Adeboyjo. Those became weapons that were legitimately feared by the Alabama Crimson Tide defense. So if you look at that, obviously Chad Kelly and Bo Wallace, they had really good days. They were able to win the game. Jackson Dart's time is now. This game will go up or down. However, Jackson Dart makes it. This is his game. You've got talent all around you, but it is going to be on you to make the plays. Now, Alabama has elite defensive linemen. Dallas Turner and Will Anderson, they can be a handful. And because of that, I think you're going to see them have to get better in the the screen game. I think you're going to see wide receiver screens. I think you're going to see running back screens. You might even see a tight end screen in the game, but that is just to slow down this rush. 
to get numbers, get athletes in space. That is that is their goal. Now, you don't want to work too short because that is Alabama's wheelhouse. If you look at Mississippi State, they have struggled against Alabama. Why? Because most of what they do is in that 10-yard box from the line of scrimmage to the safeties. And anything in front of them, they can eat you up. They have super athletes all over the field. They've recruited for 15 years like this. They basically recruit off reputation at this point. But you need to back those safeties up. So the combination of the deep pass and the screen pass is going to be important for Jackson Dart. Now the run game, like I said, Ole Miss needs to go north of 200 yards in this game. Don't need a 390-yard game, just north of 200 yards, and it needs to be effective and it needs to be something that they're worried about. If you do that, the recipe is there for a win versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've told you all week how to build an upset, and we were like, hey, we're going to talk about the game at a later date. Well, today is that day. So that is interesting. Now, we have John Garcia coming up talking about the 2024 recruiting class in just a second. Tomorrow's show is going to be like, one, you you shouldn't necessarily be overly concerned about the Lane Kiffin stuff. Coaching searches can always happen, uh, and weird stuff can go down, but this is not 1998, and I will explain that tomorrow as well. So, should be a lot of fun. Should be um, really, really good stuff, honestly. And I'm pretty excited about it. Very excited about it, honestly. So, Chris, who is a... Vegas resort concierge is sweating through a suit coat on the job in less than an hour. A, why are you wearing a suit coat in Vegas? But hey, I get it. Not anymore, thanks to Sweat Block. Chris was able to fix his problem with Sweat Block. His wipes are a must for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everybody can benefit. If somebody you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code locked on two words, at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting below and upvoting the video itself. And also, I want to let you know about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. I'm here with John Garcia. We're talking a little football recruiting. We got. I think we're going to look a little bit towards 2024, but how you doing, John? I'm doing well, Stephen. Yeah, it's uh, we're in November already. It's it's kind of crazy how how time's flying by, but yeah, always a good time to talk ball uh, at every level and including into the future in 24. Let's do it. Yeah, seriously. There's a, there's a kid out of Arkansas, a quarterback named Walker White, that has gotten some headlines in the Ole Miss fan base. He hasn't committed yet, but almost it seems like we're on commit watch about him about three times every um four months or so um tell me about what you know about walker yeah he's well he's frequented Ole miss and oxford uh what four or five times already this year so every time he's on campus yeah it does feel like hey this could be a kid on commitment watch and look the class of 24 from a quarterback perspective steven 
these big dominoes are starting to drop uh, among the quarterbacks. And obviously that's where all these recruiting classes begin. 23 was so crazy, you know, at the very top with Arch Manning and these guys that you could tell a lot of programs are like, we want to get this thing done as early as possible. So the Walker Whites of the world are getting a lot more pressure. I know uh, Julian Sands about to come off the board this week. Why do I bring him up? He could have big relevance towards White. You know, they, there's some traction for Alabama with Sayan, who's committing Wednesday. If he picks Alabama, it looks like they're not going to be able to take a two-man class. Alabama, the latest school to offer Walker White. So there could be a little bit of good luck there for Ole Miss. If Sayan picks Alabama, Sayan playing for Saban, that'll be fun here to talk about uh, in, in the coming years. So keep an eye on that one if you're an Ole Miss fan. But even if Sayan picks one of these other schools, I think there's so much traction for Ole Miss with Walker White. Like you said, he's from Arkansas. He's kind of been the banner recruit in that state for years now uh, since he broke out. Had a huge year as a sophomore, and he's picking it up now as a junior. Big physical quarterback, 6'3", 215 or so, and, and really just profiles for me as the modern quarterback. He's big and physical and has that right arm that can push the ball to the third level and outside the numbers with relative ease, but he's also got this mobility. He's got this kind of control uh, savvy, if you will, at the quarterback position where you know he's willing to take in some contact. He's willing to take some risks down the field. Uh, so you know, a little bit of turnovers come with that, but that's again part of of the nature of today's game. You know, not he's not too dissimilar to a Jackson Dart. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he runs as well at least right now. You might not design as much for him in that regard, but in terms of just being big, physical, athletic, with a huge arm, uh, that potential, that ceiling reminds you a little bit of what we saw from Dart around the same stages, although I think White is bigger right now uh, than, than maybe Dart is, is being listed as. So uh, obviously a hotly contested recruitment uh, that's really going to come down to these SEC schools, and, and White is going to handle it his way. He's not going to do the whole countdown, top 10, top 5 kind of deal. So you track where he goes, and, and that start, starts to paint the picture of how a recruit might be leaning. And again, Ole Miss has hosted him, I think, five times already this year. So naturally, the Rebels are, are truly in the thick of it, and most would say at the top of, of this recruitment. So if these 24 dominoes at quarterback continue to fall, you got to feel good about the Rebels' chances to, to land our, uh, Walker White as their guy in 2024. Yeah, and if you look at 2023, um, you have Marcel Reed committed. Any update on how his season is going? Excellent, excellent. I, I saw last week he threw for five touchdowns, no picks, and ran for a score. I looked at the Elite 11 finalists, which he was not a part of. He was one of the big snubs. No quarterback that week threw for more than four touchdowns. So he's been outperforming a lot of the guys ranked ahead of him. And, and again, this is a four-year starter. So when we talk about quarterbacking, it's the arm and the athleticism and all that stuff. It's important to talk about, but man, you got to talk about just the the poise, the demeanor, the consistency, the efficiency, and decision making. That's really what it comes down to before you get into the true physical traits. And that's where Marcel has taken a huge step forward. Um, in previous years, they didn't throw it as much at his school, but they're opening it up a little bit more because of him as as a senior in, in 2022. And, and he is absolutely taking advantage he's still playing efficient football but he's more productive within that framework uh, and it's something Ole Miss fans have to be excited about when, when you start to look at this great class of quarterbacks in 23 
Reed's going to profile under some of these big names, but I think it's in hindsight, it's going to be one of those where you're like, man, this kid was, was undervalued, under-recruited uh, at, at certain stages during the recruiting process. And again, I always like to remind Ole Miss fans, you took Marcel Reed right after he and Jaden Rashada were on campus. And I think that still says a lot about the confidence Ole Miss has in Marcel relative to kind of the recruiting industry, seeing him as a tier two or maybe even tier three guy. Yeah, really, really good player. He has a chance to be very good in Oxford. So let's change gears a little bit. Is there any recruit in the 2023 or 2024 class that maybe we're not thinking of that could pop for us? I'm always looking at the in-staters, right? When, when you recruit at Ole Miss, look, portal notwithstanding, we all know that. I'm looking at the in-state recruits, and I think 23, they're all pretty identifiable. Uh, everybody's you know, got their ducks in a row. It's more about retaining Sunterine Perkins than anything else for Ole Miss in 23 within state lines, as far as I can tell. So let's go to 24 and, and look at the offensive line. Isaiah Autry, kid from Tupelo who is playing left tackle, basketball background. His mom played at Tennessee under Pat Summit, so extremely long at 6'6", 275 or so. This has the makings of that first true egg bowl recruiting rivalry in the class of 24 but the difference for autry who's frequented both campuses is that he's he's starting to talk about making a decision sooner rather than later i think a lot again a lot of these 24s are like hey let me get this over with as early as i can because it, it gets so dramatic and there's so many um external factors that dig into your recruitment that all of a sudden you know committing early is just a safe kind of bet for you and i think he's one of these players that again because of that basketball background he's not going to be ranked as high since he's transitioned to football but the more you see him the more you're like oh this is a banner sec left tackle and i think old miss mississippi state florida state a bunch of schools are trying to take advantage of that early and it looks like isaiah is ready to get this decision done sooner rather than later so if you're keeping an eye out beyond walker white in 24 there's some big names to keep an eye on. Camarion Franklin's best player in the state, all that stuff. Don't sleep on Isaiah Autry. He's a sneaky, interesting prospect, not only in his recruitment, but with his game and, and that great length and frame that he possesses. Okay, and John's been on our um, show now quite a while, and we've been going through all the position groups and where they were <laughs> in recruiting. We have finally made it to the DBs. We're kind of at the end at the moment. I mean, Otis Reese, I, A.J. Finley, um, Players like that, there's some talent back there that during recruiting, Ole Miss kind of accumulated through the portal. Talk about them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Otis Reese and A.J. Finley, two polar opposites, right? Otis was at Lee County, South Georgia, powerhouse program. Everybody comes in and wants him, even though you didn't really know what he was, right? Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? He's just a sign him, and we'll figure it out later kind of guy uh so obviously there was a ton of buzz for a bunch of schools in the south and then you know the big 10 came calling michigan ohio state this was a true national battle um ends up uh, at georgia eventually it just kind of doesn't find a home there doesn't find a home so naturally hits the portal and, and here comes the portal king right uh, guy, you know we don't know what you're going to be either at Ole Miss, but we'll figure it out. And, and man, it, it's it's been it's been butter in Oxford. I think he's been one of the most you know, unsung heroes of uh, really of this entire roster over the last couple seasons, and especially this year with that improved Ole Miss defense. And then AJ Finley was kind of niche. He was 
coastal Alabama, Mobile kid. It was an SEC recruitment, but it wasn't the very top, right? It wasn't Alabama, Georgia, LSU. It was more Auburn, Ole Miss back then, a couple cycles ago. And it was one of those where you got the sense in seeing him, and we saw him a ton at St. Paul's Episcopal, one of the top programs in the state, where it was like, this kid is is well ahead of the curve mentally. He was always sharp, always very much in the right place at the right time in high school to where it wasn't the flashiest thing, but you talk to his coaches, and they had NFL players on that roster, literally, on that defense. Bryce Huff plays for the Jets, um, and, and then um, – Jalen Armour Davis is in the NFL as well, corner who played at Alabama. But A.J. Finley's the first guy that that these coaches would talk about because they're like, he's so darn reliable. And when you're 6'2", lanky and reliable at that safety spot, there's just so much you can do. So it was – from their perspective, it was a matter of, man, if, if, if he blossoms physically and starts to catch up with where he is mentally, the sky's the limit. And I think, obviously, we've seen that a ton – over the last two years at Ole Miss, I mean, he's, I don't, I don't look at the SEC as a whole every weekend because we're watching everything. But man, I'd, I'd venture to say there's not a lot of safeties in the league that are are well as well respected and balanced as AJ Finley and and most of his coaches down there in the two five one would credit that intellect as to the reason why he's not only been able to play so early and often at Ole Miss in his career but why it's just translated and picked up so quickly for him. So Otis Reese, this big physical specimen that you're like, I don't know, but we need him on defense. And then Finley, the opposite, just the cerebral smart player where the physicality came along thereafter. And both of them are huge contributors for Ole Miss. And that's the beauty of recruiting, right? It doesn't matter how you accumulate the talent as long as you grab that right talent and, and put them together. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. John, thank you very much for stopping by today. Hey, whenever we come back on and do it next week and get ready for a potentially massive, massive football game, we can get into a little bit of flip season because that is that is starting. Oh, yes. Sounds mm-hmm. good, my friend. All right. Take care, bud. Likewise.